This is the Edinburgh Reporter podcast, and today I'm with Sir Geoffrey Palmer to give you your, your full title, Jeff. <laughs> okay. And you Scary. have told me that you have a very fascinating story. So here we are on a pretty cold day, mm-hmm. standing on the corner of uh, 4th Street. Street. Uh-huh. So tell me your story. Well, I was doing some research a few years ago on, you know, Scotland's link with the, with the Caribbean, especially Jamaica. And it was the time when the University College London had put out the compensation list. And this is a list of um, uh, slave owners who owned slaves in 1833-34 when the emancipation of the slaves took place. The the British government Mm. said that the slaves should be emancipated. They weren't freed. They were not freed until 1838. But in 1833-34, with emancipation, the slave owners um, got compensation for their slaves, you know, for losing their slaves. For losing their slaves. For losing their slaves. And did the slaves get anything? Not a penny. In fact, um, this is one of the the ironies of this abolition process. And the the slave owners got 20 million. And it, it comes up to today's money. You're talking about 20 billion. And this money was divided amongst the slave owners. And, and uh, how, Do you know how many there would be? Any idea? I think there were about slave owners. I would say, um, I don't know the exact number, but when you think of it, I'll give you an example of the level of money people got. We're standing very close to Leith at the moment, and one of the largest slave owners was born in Leith and he was John Gladstone. John Gladstone's um, father is, is buried in Leith and his son, his son is very famous, John Gladstone's son, as William Gladstone, the four times Prime Minister and um, whose constituency was Midlothian. Is that where we get Gladstone's land? From? Yes, yeah, and, and there are also the various Gladstone names in Leith. And there is a plaque to John Gladstone for being born in Leith. Now, if we go back to compensation, he had 2,508 slaves, for which he got 83 million in today's money. That's quite a lot of money. It's 83 million, yeah. It's, <laughs> you could buy a few houses in this area with it. You would, um, even today. Even today. Tell me then, uh, where does 24 4th Street fit into your story? Where does uh, that come in? Well, looking at the compensation list and uh, where I came upon Gladstone and other people, Scottish slave owners. Remember, Scot- uh, 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 Scottish slave owners own about 30% of the plantations in, 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 in the Caribbean. I sort of looked at the list and I, know, I was, you know, I do a lot of community work on 4th Street. This is 14. This is where the LREC office is. Tell me what LREC stands uh, It's Edinburgh Lothian Regional Equality Council. It's one of the organisations that's fairly well known in equality work. So I looked at the, the, the compensation list and I saw 24 4th Street and 12 4th Street, which I... I knew very well because I passed them on my way to, in, to, to the Elrec office. And I thought, these can't be on the compensation. These are addresses which I know. 
I know the Gallery of Modern Art um, was built by a slave owner. And I know Bathgate Academy was built by a slave owner. And I know Dollar Academy. But what is slave owners doing on Ford Street? Because these, are, these, these houses are in a, a terrace of houses. They're not standalone That's houses. right, they're not. They're actually part of uh, what uh, have been built as perhaps as one, perhaps as separate pieces. Yes, I, I, I think some of these were probably built one at a time or two at a time. But so I immediately went down to 24 and stood in front of it. And it, it was quite little worrying but also awe-inspiring because there was a house which somebody owned who received money for their slaves and this is just next door um, where I pass quite frequently. There's but quite, uh, There's something quite outstanding about that house of course on this street. Actually all, when you look at them all these houses are quite different in uh, in lots of ways. That's um, right. But, I but think that particular house has a balcony. It has a balcony and if you look carefully at the railings they are um, I looked up the description this morning, so I went back and checked just to make sure I was correct. And it, it says the, it's got a decorative uh, um, uh, railings. You know, they're more ornamental than the railings in the other houses. So the balcony, the velvet, and also the attic rooms are more neoclassical because they're rounded. Oh, they have a rounded top. A rounded top yes. as well. Yes, so yes, that yes. this house. Is, is is completely different and it and the name is Crawford but spelt in a different way from C R A W F O R D. It's like C R C R A W F U I D, something like that. Yeah. And then I walk down to number twelve and number twelve has two entrances to, to the one number twelve. One house. <laughs> yeah, and what is fascinating was one of those entrances for the servants. So they didn't have to come into contact with the owners. But what I think is significant here, slavery made that, this difference in terms of the construction of houses. It was a, a statement of, um, of wealth. Of, of wealth. Mm. It was a statement of being part of a big business. Um, it wasn't an embarrassment, mm. what we would think today. And this is the thing about slavery that a lot of people today, when we talk about it, uh, I've, I, and a lot of people have said that to me, Scottish people, how, how could this happen, you know? Um, you know, we as people um, could not have been involved in something like that. Um, and I think this is the, the fascination of people with, but also a sense of, um, feeling a bit of embarrassment. So we're embarrassed today, but they were definitely not embarrassed no. then. What do you do then to promote uh, knowledge of, what do you do yourself to promote knowledge of slavery, perhaps how awful it well, was and, and why it should never happen again? I think what I've, I've tried to do since 2007 is that I, I then looked up what the historians, the established historians were doing and what they had done. And what really bothered me was how did they not refer to 24 Fourth Street? How could they not refer to the fact that 57 Albany Street is on the list? 
yeah, 57 Albany That's Street, just along the street, 24 Broughton Place is on the list, which is surrounding us. Um, um, all these places, ordinary places, York Place is on the list, India Street is on the list. Rodney Street is just down there, yeah. and Rodney Street is probably one of the most significant streets in Edinburgh, because Rodney and Hood were the two admirals the British sent to down to Jamaica in 1782. The French decided the only way they're going to control the world, the new world, was to take Jamaica from the British because Jamaica was providing over 50% of the income from, from slavery. Sugar plantations. Because of their sugar plantations in Jamaica. There were 300,000 slaves in Jamaica out of 800,000. That's right, you would hardly think. But they were, Jamaica was a big sugar plantation. The, the French decided in 1782, if we took Jamaica, then they could probably go back and take America. So the British, who was fiddling about fight, you know, fighting in America, because America finally got their independence in 1783. Mm. So in 1782, instead of going to America fighting, they decided to defend Jamaica. And they sent two men down with the Royal Navy to defend Jamaica. And those two men were Rodney and Hood. We heard of Hood in the battleship, his mm. name, a battleship named after him. In the last war, and Rodney is regarded by the Navy in the same level as Nelson, Admiral Rodney. And there's a Rodney Street just yeah. behind us there. Sure. So. I don't think we have a Hood Street, mind you. I'm, I'm not sure, but not well, sure. <laughs> Rodney was the boss. Yeah. Uh, in term, Hood was, you know, secondary to Rodney. <laughs> and I think this is so important because if we want to, and this is my view, and I, I think it, it's working. The um, we wouldn't be standing here in 2007 speaking about this because it wouldn't be regarded as important or, or even scandalous or, or scandalous um, and it's because of the work um, a, a lot of us have done not just myself to bring this to the people before it was an almost academic exercise where you have professors in university setting the agenda, what I call a, an academic self-serving myth they created by talking about abolition, not mm. slavery, mm. or Scottish involvement. Yeah. And one of the most serious cases of this is the Joseph Knight story. And the Joseph Knight story is in just about every law book about slavery. And it happened in Edinburgh, not far from us. This was the first part of a long conversation I had with Sir Geoffrey Palmer. In part two, we move to St Andrew's Square, where we find the 41 metre high Melville Monument, erected in honour of Henry Dundas, first Viscount Melville. He was Home Secretary at one point and was of importance to the slave trade. Sir Geoffrey will explain that story in part two.